Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast. I am, of course, Nick McDaniel, and as always, I am joined by my buddy Myron. Something in Japanese. It's after Russell Kingdom, folks. I don't know anything else. Kanichiwa. Kanichiwa. Or as on Chappelle Show said, Kanichiwa, bitches. <laughs> Kanichiwa, bitches. Uh, it's yes. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast. Well, it's a, you are correct. It is post, uh, Wrestle Kingdom weekend. Um, and then, of course, if you happen to catch us live or if you're even listening to the podcast on our regular schedule, uh, we know we ran that, uh, extra episode this week, uh, because we dug deep into the Georgia Wrestling History Awards. Uh, if you missed it and you're only catching this show, you obviously want to go back into the archives. And like I said, it's just yesterday or the day, you know, the, the episode before this one. And you definitely want to catch that out as we went in depth all the way through all of the, and we actually had the pleasure of uh, announcing the mentor of the year on our show. So, yay, legend Larry. So, uh, Larry Legend, that's what he's going to be called by me from now on, Larry Legend. Um, and of course, you know, obviously at this point, everybody would know QT Marshall won mentor of the year on our, and we got the pleasure of having him on that episode. And uh, he talked about that for probably about 15, 20 minutes. We had him on to awesome. talk about winning, it was pretty good. Right um, uh, you know, Hey, that's, you know, first and foremost, man, it's, it's crazy. We've got a bunch of topics to get to, but before we jump in this week, we want to, you know, say thanks to our sponsor for this week. Uh, it's been a regular sponsor on the show here for a while. Uh, but we've got him, we got him back for at least another couple of weeks. It is the retro wrestling rewind. That is one of the podcasts where they go back and cover some old school stuff. I know this, uh, I think right now they're covering WrestleMania one. Um, so check out, you know, David Fine and the co-host over there as they're discussing WrestleMania one and so many where go back in the archives. If you, anywhere you listen to your podcast, uh, and check them out on Apple podcasts, you know, Google podcasts, all that good stuff, anywhere you find your podcast that you like to listen, find them. If not, check them out at the rwrewind.com and follow them on all their social media at the RW rewind as well. And check them out as they cover blast from the past, as I like to say. For some old school wrestling stuff, right, man? WrestleMania One, the Rock and Wrestling Connection, man. This is a, a probably the biggest culturally significant event in wrestling history. This is where Vince McMahon went all in and saved his company. Awesome, yep. great event. I can't wait to hear this one. Yeah, and they're also going to break down uh, down the road. They're going back into go in specifically into some wrestlers as well, specific wrestlers, and talk about their careers and their past. Check them out over at the Retro Wrestling Rewind, like I said, at therwrewind.com, on social media, at therwrewind. And, of course, like I said, find the podcast at all your favorite podcast players uh, and uh, and check them out, man. Well, man, you know, like we said beforehand, it's a bunch of, bunch of stuff going on. And uh, one of the ones that was kind of surprising, let's talk a little Raw. You know, we don't break down and go in depth of Raw and SmackDown in detail, but we usually big picture concepts and one of the shocking things to me this uh this past week brock lesnar uh he's you know boom he's on raw what it seems that's a big story anytime that happens anyway uh but then he makes the announcement he's entering the royal rumble at number one at number one that's the even crazier part of the whole thing is that he's not just going to be in it he's going to start it at number one and my question really out of the gate was, what does this mean for the Royal Rumble? 
Well, I mean, we're not typically used to seeing guys announce their spot this early. I mean, the Royal Rumble is, today is the 8th. It's on the 26th. We're looking at 18 days, almost three weeks uh, since he did not since he announced. He's going to be number one. To me, this is perfect for building tension for the Rumble because you're going to want to get there to see what Brock Lesnar is going to do from the number one position. Is he going to run through everybody? It sets drama. Good job booking this. Thank you, Paul. I mean, that's that was the question. Is, I mean, I immediately thought of, are they, le- I mean, going to legit let Brock Lesnar run the gauntlet? I mean, like, usually spot number one is a punishment for somebody. And he picked it. He picked it. And you're going to expect him to run the gauntlet because he's there and he's going to be maybe the top two. It would be, there'll be him and one guy left at the end of the rumble. This is my prediction. And he will go out 29th to the winner. You think so? You think he's eliminated? Belts on the line. It's a title shot at him. If he wins the title shot at himself in the rumble, what does he face himself? No, he could choose to face. He could face the fiend at Mania and go for double championships. No, 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 no. Not unless they're wanting to move Brock to SmackDown. I really do think they're going to use this to set the angle for the match at Mania to see who's the big guy who goes after Brock. That makes sense to me. Brock needs a new opponent. Brock needs drama. Who are you going to put Brock against? Who perpetually wins Royal Rumbles? Who would be a great opponent for Brock? Who is a legend killer? Who owes Brock a receipt? Your answer, sir? Randy Orton is a name that has come up because there's a built-in storyline there from a couple years back when he basically laid Randy Orton open with with the point of the elbow, and Randy's never gotten that receipt back in. Yes. You can show those pictures of Randy's head wide open like he got cut with a fishing knife and, and build the drama to it. And that's what WrestleMania does. Moments. I think that's the perfect booking for me. Yeah. And, you know, and you want to talk about, we've always say this. I mean, we joke about how, you know, the chocolate dip cone, Randy Orton, where he's mm-hmm. always, but if nothing else, you know, he's going to deliver a great match with Brock. Exactly. You've got nothing to worry about. If you get that match in the ring, you know, you're going to get a good match. It's going to be drama built up. It's got a lot of attention. I think that's it, man. I really think that's it. I think it's the final match Orton needs to establish his credibility as a legend. I know he's had the other matches, but he always kind of has that asker over his head. Where's the chocolate dip cone? Where doesn't he do anything exciting? This will be the match for him, the right match for Brock, the right match for Mania. Well, I mean, you know, and because a lot of people go to the pool, they try to play the Roman Reigns card. He He's, you know, he wins rumbles. That's what it's one of the things he does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think every sign points to, you know, first of all, a, he's on SmackDown, uh, and I think they're going to leave him on SmackDown. I think every intention is that. Um, so to say they're going to move him to Raw to fight Brock doesn't make any sense. Um, and plus, let's be blunt: the Fiend is a storyline character. Yes. Like his championship needs to be revolved about. There's some story like they're doing with Daniel Bryan, and that's why they're working. 
Um, eventually, is the Miz going to get back in? Um, I think there's a potential, believe it or not, for there to be a Fiend, Miz, Daniel Bryan, like triple threat for that. And for that, that would work because those guys are really kayfabe. Well, and they're, I mean, they've been running the story on SmackDown where those are kind of a, the pieces of shuffling around between those three. But if it ends up being Roman, I think storyline, they figure out a way to get there. I don't think he wins the Rumble. And like the Fiend storyline is more important than this random guy wins the Rumble and picks him to fight him. And so they got to yeah. run with a story. Yeah. Brock's guys, like somebody will be able to say they earned their opportunity at him. Um, and we know they've been, there's been talk of like King Velasquez and, uh, even Tyson Fury, you know, uh, coming back. And I just don't know if that's enough for Mania, Rumble, maybe. Rumble's not, the Rumble's not for Fury. Oh, no, no, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's a boxer. It's not a good chance of getting hurt. Velasquez coming back would make it entertaining. I mean, it would really make it entertaining. It'd be a great setup to have him take that position and then face Brock again. At Mania, but we've already seen it. I mean, Brock manhandled him in that match he had with him. Um, Maybe he wants the rematch. But what we've got to right now is we've got to a drama building where we're questioning what's going to happen at the Rumble, which is my favorite pay-per-view of the year, which I said last week, I'm skipping ahead and cutting in line. I'm not going to pay attention to WWE right now because it's just right now it doesn't look good to me. But when the rumble comes, I want to be popped and so over. I, I usually do this this time of year, you know. You fall off, you get tired of it, but then they pop the Royal Rumble on you, and you are so ready for Mania after that. They know what they're doing. It's a good thing. Enjoy it. Just sit back and enjoy the wrestling because they're going to give it to you. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously I want to bring up another name that it was a great story up until literally last night to first <laughs> recording. Um a name that came up with a instant storyline, B credible to face Brock Lesnar, and C boy would it ever sell tickets. And that is if it's number twenty, you know, twenty nine has already all of them come out. You're waiting on number thirty. Brock Lesnar st- standing in the middle of the ring alone, and cult of personality hits, and out comes CM Punk. <laughs> Imagine Paul's face, okay? When he you, punks music hits, imagine Paul's face. But the man can't be satisfied. He got his damn ice cream bars, but he just couldn't be satisfied. Last night, he, uh, what was the phrase? Well, so The Miz was on WWE backstage. We're just going to sidebar and tell you this, and I'm going to get back because there's a couple points I wanted to point out about him being there because I still hope he could. Um, you know, Miz said basically after his appearance on backstage that it was the best backstage, you know, they've had the date. Uh, then, of course, he made some, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, that he didn't change the culture, you know, like, my bad, gimmick. my bad. It's his gimmick. At, He's working he, his gimmick. Absolutely would be something the Miz would say. Really good at it. And then CM Punk had put up a tweet, which probably within 45 minutes was taking down, uh, basically said, go suck a blood money covered dick. In Saudi Arabia, you effing dork. Trademark. <laughs> um, well, the, the funny part is, as you were, you told me. Miz didn't go this last time to Saudi Arabia. I don't believe so. I don't think he went. So if, of all the things to take a shot at him with, I know he went before, 
You can find your blood-covered dick somewhere else there, Mr. Punk. <laughs> um, so it was an inaccurate shot. Maybe that's maybe that's why he took it down, not because it was insulting. Oh, it was because he yeah, realized I, he was inaccurate. I'm very sure the WB historians contacted him and told him to take it down because of his inaccuracy. <laughs> um, I would uh wager he would have uh if it's not a work. He would have he would have uh, made the people over at Fox mad because he's their employee, not WWE. Correct. But I've never remembered a work where the phrase "blood money covered dick" was involved. I agree. Now, I missed out. I don't. I don't know all of what happened in Memphis. I knew they got pretty heated over there sometimes, but I'm not sure that that's the uh, the verbiage they used in some of the no. uh, verbal jabs. No. Um, now, all that being said, <laughs> we're hoping that that's not the the end of the relationship. Maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, but going back to the rumble thing, man, that would be, that would be it. Can you imagine a cool moment? Camera shot down, punk Brock face to face and down at ringside. You can see Paul. Cause you get, here's the thing. I can, I'm going to give you the description. You've, you've seen it before the visual of how, you know, he, he puts his hands on his face and he's like stunned and shocked. Like, what am I God? What do I do? Um, you know, they have a history of Heyman and, you know, punk together and he turned his back on punk for Brock. And then, you know, so there's this instant story. And, and if I told you, Hey, selling 70,000 seats, you know, if you put CM Punk back in a ring, a, you entice him with a main event. Cause that's always been the, the story of what he wanted main eventing at WrestleMania versus Brock Lesnar for the, uh, for the title. It's, it's enough. I, I think it draws some attention and sells some tickets. Because CM Punk did some MMA stuff. Brock knows MMA. The best thing about Brock Lesnar is you always have the fear that he's going to go off script, go into business for himself, and break your head open. Lesnar's an attraction. You put your attraction in the biggest spot where it can draw. Whatever happens, I'm excited. Con- yeah, because contrary to popular belief, Brock is the epitome of professional. If he knows there's money to be made, think about it. He's lost. He, he, he's lost to Seth. He's had competitive matches with AJ, Daniel Bryan. It's not the issue of like him not wanting to. You know, he, he's willing to go take the one, two, three. If who, it makes who sense, would be a plausible attraction match for him. Who would be a good opponent for Brock? Who have we not seen repeatedly with Brock? here's the thing. I know a lot of people are saying that Lashley came back because he wants a match with Brock. The problem now he's so, he's so tangled up in this Rusev, Mm -hmm. you know, Lana thing that I don't know. They think they can get him out of that. And in time by WrestleMania, no, not in time for mania. They've, they've, I'm not saying they shit on uh, Lashley, but he's been put in a comedy spot, basically in a storyline spot that does not attract for a main event. There'll be a good couple of matches out of it, but it's not going to be a main event thing for Mania. Right. I mean, I think you've got time once you get him out of the, out of that angle and you move him on, I think. Um, but I, I do, I think one, probably only few that appreciate the fact that I like Lashley being in this angle because we're seeing a little depth to his character, as silly as that is, that we see the comedy, the, <laughs> the you know, that the other, it's not so serious kind of thing. Um, yeah, he's stiff as a board. Uh, I mean, well, no, he had personality when he was in Impact. So, I mean, I mean, I know he can do it. 
So that's, you know, just overall, though, I like that we're getting a little more flexibility out of him. So, so I don't know, man. I, I, there's lots of possibilities. Like Punk, Punk, Orton, you know, Roman. I mean, who, you know, and one of my last ones here was a legend question mark. Um, you know, is there a legend that comes back to face him? But it triggered something we were talking about a little bit beforehand. Because we were talking about mania, about where does this go with mania. And I said, hey, another topic off, of, you know, we're not going to go in depth on it, but they keep talking about the Sting and Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Do we need that match? In my opinion, no and yes. Yes, because I'm a greedy wrestling fan who wants to see the dream matches, who wants to see the big deal. No, and then practically, I don't think it's necessary this year. That's, um, you'd have to start, uh, start the thing. It has to start at Rumble if you do it. Okay, that'd be the latest you could start it. You have to crank it up. You have to make it work. And you also have to get two guys that are willing to get in the ring together. Is Sting willing to come back? I mean, Taker will come back for for money. He's proven that. Sting, mm, I don't know. We haven't seen him, but at that one WrestleMania match, uh, which was horrible, um, I'd love to see it. But these guys are both older than me. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You're saying we don't need to see it this year. My comment is, if we don't get it this year, I, I don't know that you can get to it next oh, year. Tick-tock, tick-tock, the clock is winding yeah. down. If you're going to get it, I think it has to be this year. I mean, we said that last year. I think it might have to go for the Blood Money uh, Cup. You think it's got to be a Saudi show? I think it's a Saudi show. I think it's something that, if it doesn't go over well, you can bury it, like they did with The Undertaker and Goldberg. Um, I think it's something that the Saudis will pay a lot of money for. And also, after all that bad press of the last Saudi show, I think they need something like that. I think they need a legend match. I think they need something bigger. Dude, the last Saudi show was good. It wasn't a bad show. So, I mean, my thing is, uh, I just think, though, if you're going to bring Sting and you're going to get Taker, I I, I just think those two, I think they want that match at Mania. I don't think they want that match anywhere else. Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, and like you said, if it's happening, it's got to start at Rumble, or it's got to start right after it at some point. Um, How would you like to see those two face-to-face inside the ring, you know, with a face-off? I'm the block scorpion. Yes, I would love to see the gong, and I I don't think he's going to come down from the ceiling anymore. Um, You hear the gong, you see Sting in the rafters. Or who was your favorite Sting? Crow Sting or, or Surfer Sting? It's Crow Sting. It's got to be. I, I'm a big Surfer Sting guy. That was a better period of wrestling, in my opinion. Uh, for Sting, you know, he didn't work a lot when he, he was Crow Sting. He didn't. But my thing was, is it was it, it was the be, it was the best storyline I think he had. So that's kind of why I was a fan. Sting. Uh, yeah, I I look forward to it. I, I I'd love to see it, just greedy, but I just there's a part about me that just says, oh, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna be any good. I, I think you get smoke and mirrors, and I think you get a lot of stuff. But uh, Call I think those two could give you, they could play the hits, and I think yeah. they could pull it off uh, without trying to go so crazy that it's you know 
going to risk anybody's health. But I think of all the places, Mania is the place to make it happen. Um, just in my opinion, I don't think it can happen anywhere else. I think it's got to be Mania, okay. which which brings us to my second, you know, our second topic here. Uh, great article, by the way, on thechairshot.com. This is where this topic came from. Uh, we always like to give credit where credit is due. Uh, DeMarco wrote this, right? Yes. Go say it's our buddy Greg DeMarco over at thechairshot.com. Basically, essentially, it was like, you know, is Wrestle Kingdom, the new format they used this year, did they set the new, the blueprint essentially for what Mania could be? And I'm going to say should be, you know, I know it can't happen this year. You you know, we've joked about that before we started recording, but maybe the fight like 37 maybe is the start. we, we, uh, We both found this article independently. Um, and I'm like, oh, I got a good article I want to talk about. And then you send me a picture that you're looking at it too. Um, the thing about this is, are we looking forward to mania? Are we fearing mania? Mania is a work day. Mania starts at like the crack of dawn and goes over into Monday. It is a World Series game run into the 12th inning. It's just too damn long. Six-hour show, two-hour pre-show, that's an eight-hour day. That's a work day for most people. I don't... You know, I watched it last year. Now, I watched it last year in two days because I had uh, the day off on Monday. Mm-hmm. I came home from work, skipped the pre-show. I got home in time to start at 7. I watched till I got tired around 10.30, which... After a long work week, I worked all weekend. That's reasonable. Get tired about 1030. Went to bed. Avoided social media like the plague. Got up the next day and finished it. And watched what I wanted to watch. And I enjoyed it that way. But I can't sit and watch eight hours of television. There were six hours of television for the Rumble last year. Yeah, that was. It to be so long. I mean, WrestleMania 35 was 16 matches. I don't need 16 matches. The main card was five hours and 24 minutes, I believe. And then when you had two more hours of pre-show with a couple matches, you know, kickoff matches and stuff like that as well. So you're essentially at seven and a half hours. And this year they're adding in it. I mean, is NXT going to have a takeover or are they going to be on part of the show? Because they're not, they're not a sub-brand developmental now. They are doing the takeover still. They're going to get yeah, they're, they're having a takeover, which I, that's confirmed. Um, but like you said, man, geez, Louise, I mean, seven and a half hours. Um, I watched it the day of, but man, I did so many side things on the, you know, walking around and <laughs> doing laundry and just kind of, you know, it was on and I'd see the match and I'd walk away for a minute and make a sandwich or something. I mean, it was literally just way too long and so uh, there's a couple things that we were kind of things you could change and uh but there's some things to kind of factor in is like um so easily we talked about okay splitting it into two nights and so you essentially go to four hours you know of a show seven to eleven and you can still do either an hour you could do two hours of pre-show still maybe make hour one just all pre-show no matches then the second hour of the pre-show, you might throw in the match. And we even tried to say, like, hey, let's throw the, you know, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and then they have the Women's Battle Royal. What was it, Snickers? 
Battle Royale. No, no, no. It was it was going to be uh, Fabulous Moolah, and then Snickers got involved, and they just made it the Women's Battle Royal, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. That's what, by Snickers. Yeah, that's what I meant. So the Snickers Battle Royal with the women. Maybe that's your pre-show match on for each night. You have one on the you know Saturday and one on Sunday, so you're not battle royaled out. You don't have two of them on the same yeah, card. That would work for me. That would work for me, except for the Rumble. I like the two big Rumble matches, but they're significant. The the other matches, the WrestleMania Battle Royals aren't really significant. I mean, it's not meant anything in quite some time. But right. it's fun. I love Battle Royals. But that's what I mean, though. But, the, you know, two that, you know, the Andre, you know, does mean something to those guys. That, you know, they win that trophy. But does what do they do with a guy who wins, you know, every year? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But you can split those out. Uh, you get the perk of, hey, you've got a WWE champion and you've got a Universal champion. Guess what? <laughs> then there's no debate on who's your main event. Saturday wow. night, there's, you know, maybe it's the Universal champion and then the WWE champion the main events on Sunday night. And also, if you're going to give everybody a Mania payday, which I think is cool, throw them in a the battle royal. Don't give them a match on the main card. Get them a payday on the on the pre-show. I mean, and if we're going to start seeing NXT integrated more into the WWE product, because there'll be eventually there'll be NXT matches on Mania. We'll probably see a couple this year. In oh, there opinion. will be this year, yeah. So it would work in, to 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 kind of split it up into two nights. You do your Hall of Fame on Monday on Friday night. Can't Don't do it on Friday night. Friday night. Yep. You'd have to do your Hall of Fame on on Thursday night. You rent that venue again the next night for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, you keep it in the same same city. If it's a big enough venue, just run Mania in it over two nights. Like well, 20. there's but the yes. The size of the venue is the issue. The, we had this conversation off air, and it was uh the problem with running it is we kind of had the solution by the end of us walking talking through it. But, you know, it's um if you're doing a basketball arena or, you know, a big arena, usually you're 20,000, 20, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So even if you did a mania and you sold tickets back-to-back nights, well, then you're still selling 40,000 seats. It's not the 80, 90, 100,000 seats you can get in a stadium. But we brought up the point of technically don't you already have the stadium the night yeah, before because all your shit set up during the week. Yeah. I mean, that you see them start building mania two weeks out sometimes. I mean, those sets are elaborate. They're going to be there anyway. Just use it another night for that. Just bump could, it up a day, right? Could you draw 90,000 two days in a row? Could you? And that, that was the, the scary dilemma that the WWE would face would be, can you convince 70, 80, 90, 100,000 people to come two nights to the show, even if you made it financially or you know economically uh, where you're not really jacking the price you know, like you're not doubling the price for a yeah. mania ticket. Maybe it's a 50% on top. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. But you get both nights um, because I think their biggest concern would be not filling the arena one of those nights and having empty seats, you know, at a mania. Well, like the Tokyo Dome is what, 45,000 people? Somewhere in that um, range. I think for all, the problem is, is so they basically did three nights of shows with New Year's Dash included. Yeah. So you had your Wrestle Kingdom and they totaled about 70,000 for all three nights. But the, the New Year's Dash was like four or 5,000. It wasn't a huge yeah. number. So you're still talking thirty to 35,000 each night. Well, 
that would be a bust for WWE for a Yeah, and American arenas aren't built that way for the most part. I mean, when they tour arenas all over the country, they're they're looking at about a twelve to fifteen thousand seat limit on most of these arenas. Um, so you'd have to go to a stadium. And if you go outdoors, you've got two days to worry about the threat of rain. Yeah. Um, you go indoors, uh, which a lot of the stadiums are now. Mercedes Benz. Why don't we go to Mercedes Benz in Atlanta, please? Let's just do that for me. Um, I, if anyone can do it, Vince McMahon can do it. Okay. I, I think the financial side of it, like I said, A, I think they probably are already paying for the building. Uh, because yep. you're set up for that, like I said, essentially the whole week. Um, it the, You may can pull it off cost-wise because you're going to be able to convince the building they're going to get concessions for two nights versus one. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. Uh, we learned that at uh, Southern Fried this weekend. Yeah. Um, God, what a great show, too. Southern Fried, thank you. Uh, the show you put on at uh, Faith Baptist Church was amazing. 450 people in attendance. I'm just sidebarring. Uh, good show. Um. So, yeah, so, I mean, I think between, like I said, us talking about it in our heads, we were saying, like, you could put the Raw women's title one night, SmackDown another night, NXT one night, maybe North American from NXT another night. You could split your tag belts into two nights. And we're not saying making one all the Raw titles and one all the SmackDown titles. You can shuffle it around to make the cards look equal, you know. Um, And, hell, even in the past, kind of like Wrestle Kingdom did this year, uh, remember Daniel Bryan had to wrestle Triple H, beat him in order to get to the main event. Well, you could have made the Triple H match night one, yeah. and then the triple threat for the title the next night. So I think there's some leeway to help pull off guys having to pull double duty to pull off some storylines, because then you won't have to work around it kind of thing. Yeah, I think the two-night thing's a good idea coming out of Wrestle Kingdom. I want to I wanna kind of explore that more. I hope WWE tries it more with something. They'll probably run it on somewhere else first than Mania because Mania is such a big deal. But there was a lot of other news coming out of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, you got Liger's uh, retirement. It's pretty significant. Um, what do you follow on Liger? Just curious. I don't know enough. I know he's worked everywhere. I know he's a legend. Could I pin him down in a match that I've seen him in or could I have a rivalry I know of off the top of my head? No. I think most of us were probably introduced here in the States. Um, and if you're saying otherwise, you were a tape trading Japanese, you know, fanatic. Uh, most people kind of got introduced to him in that Brian Pillman, Jushin Liger stuff that was happening in WCW. That was kind of your, your initial, you know, mm-hmm. guys our age or a little bit, you know, yeah. younger than us. That would be kind of where you would say, like, oh, I first saw Liger then, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and But just everybody loves him. It seems that he, yeah. you know, he's, he's beloved. And, and, you know, kudos for him for, you know, walking away when he wanted to, I guess. Amen. And uh, that's the biggest thing is hopefully, you know, he's still in good enough shape that he's not banged up and to the point he's had to. Yeah, and he got to have the match he wanted. He got his old friends and enemies back, and they got to do something special, and they got to do it in Japan, which was terrific. Um, by all accounts, they were phenomenal shows. Um, but you got Jericho coming out, and he dislocated his jaw, and he may be, you know, he may be limping. He needs to get his knee checked out. Um, you had Ambrose when he went to Japan. He got staph infection, had to miss out on a big match with Pac. Um, or was it Pac or was it? 
No, it was Kenny. Kenny. Oh, right. Kenny Omega, even bigger. Um, Kenny Omega, not allowed in Japan. <laughs> I mean, let's ask, let's talk about that because I know one of the big uh, things coming around uh, out of Wrestle Kingdom was, you know, the the metaphorical door being closed. Uh, yeah. You know, Jericho and Moxley kind of have their own deal so they can work in New Japan. Yes, um, ink those before they were AEW, so they they can work there. Um, they, you know, he made the comment if Tanahashi beat him, you know, that he would get a shot at the AEW belt. Um, so it was kind of like almost borderline teasing. There was a relationship yeah. there. Obviously, it was since then shot down that that is so far from the case. Um, and it all seems to stem as a whole. Um, do you, it's almost like Jericho wants it to happen, wants to make it happen, but the elite just as a whole seem to be holding the grudge of Kenny and New Japan left on bad terms. Yes. So that th- that core is just like no, it's 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 a, it's well, done. Kenny Kenny was the one New Japan had put so much time and money into promoting, and Kenny was the American face in New Japan. I know they've got other guys over there, but he was the big name. He was the worldwide attraction. He was the one he thought was so great when you could only see him on Japanese TV. The Bucks, not a big attraction as, as Kenny was, but still, you know, they got merch. They got stuff like that. They're popular. They can draw some American audiences in. And they left fairly abruptly. The problem with that is the Japanese weren't real happy about that. But, but apparently the Bucks and Kenny are not real happy about it either because they are so resistant to any deals with New Japan, which I know New Japan is coming to America, but it doesn't make business sense to me to turn down money. New Japan would give AEW a better air of legitimacy as a wrestling promotion, in my opinion. It's an endorsement. They just pulled out of American television because they didn't want to work with Impact. Okay? They're only working with Ring of Honor. We know that's coming to an end. Yeah, that'll come to an end because Ring of Honor is struggling right now. We're stuck in a situation, folks, where New Japan has lost their American TV presence. New Japan wants to launch an American brand, but without an American television footprint, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, Jericho's willing to work with them. Moxley's willing to work with them. Uh, but nobody else is. I think it's a bad business decision on their part. But then again, when you got to look at it, you let your stars go over there. Your two biggest, probably highest paid stars at AEW go to Japan and get hurt and cause you to lose money on a match in the future. Or maybe there's a chance to take it. Imagine Jericho if he got hurt worse. The guy who's been carrying AEW. In these guys' future contracts, I would kind of cut this Japanese stuff out just as a business decision. Well, they can't because of the limited dates they work. They got to, you know, they're letting them work other places to make up for those, uh, you know, for the money and stuff that they want to make. And Jericho's not losing out on any money. Jericho's making plenty of money in AEW, and I, I would. I know that. I know that too. But I'm saying you can't across the board put that in contracts because some of those guys they are, you know, using that to make that other money. Um, but you know, let me, you know, you brought him up. I wanted to ask you, do you, we never discuss like, do you think it was a mistake that new Japan passed on impact? Impact and work? are not a good mix. And they could be though. 
I don't, it's like oil and water for me. It's too kayfabe, too little kayfabe. You know what's funny? It, it, it's it's the, the hypocrisy. We always talk about hypocrisy in wrestling, right? So the rumor, you know, that you always hear the story you always hear. I shouldn't say the rumor. I hate saying that. The, the story you always hear is New Japan is hesitant to work with Impact because of how poorly they used Okada. So it's kind of personal. Like a million would, years ago? Don't forget. Um, and then so you're like now AEW is like hesitant to, you know, work with but New Japan even, supposedly because of the treatment of Kenny Omega. Just coincidence. I mean, I just think it's funny, but you know, I I thought that the 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 because remember we discussed it. They were all on access. Impact, New Japan, and Wow. Um, if New Japan could have worked with Impact, I mean, you've already got you know wrestlers on Wow on Impact. The 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 synergy you could have created and the potential you could have had is massive. Because I mean, I think this year, and we're going to talk about it now. Impact has the opportunity to really gain some momentum, and I know we're on. Me and you are on totally different pages on this. I understand why. I understand that that this is an amazing shot in the arm for Impact if they pull it off. But it to me, it's just like. Uh. And what we're talking about is this coming weekend. You know, as we're talking, Tessa Blanchard's going to wrestle Sammy Callahan for the Impact Championship, not a woman's title, not a the top tier title in Impact Wrestling. And I, I'm, here's the thing. I recently went back again and watched their last match. You know, it's well, the, the one they had at Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. It was a good match. I mean, it was done very believable. Um, and you know me of all people, by the way, you know that I'm not a huge fan of intergender wrestling. No. Mm-mm. And I actually thought that match was really, really done well. Which is amazing because Callahan is, in my opinion, not a good wrestler. Um, I'm not a fan of Sammy Callahan. Um, I'm not total, you know, Jim Cornette on this thing, but he doesn't impress me. He doesn't seem to be a guy that works with the company or respects what he's doing. Anybody else, anybody else over there that, that you could trust to take care of Tessa, not that she needs taken care of. This is God, this is so uncomfortable to me. I don't care for intergender wrestling. I just don't see a point in it. That's my, it's not a, I don't hate it. I don't go around shitting on it. I don't tell you not to do it, but it just doesn't appeal to me. It's just my thing. You know, I just think that Tessa beating Sammy Callahan has all of the potential in the world to be like one of the moments of the year, uh, because of a, how credible she is. Um, and I, I'm, I went back, like I said, and just watching that match and just hearing him talk, um, you know, on some other places that I we I've heard him, you know, in interviews, he comes off. I believe it or not, as unselfish. He's willing to help her, you know, help elevate her. Um, now, in in a, you know, in storyline, not so much. You know, he's going to crush her. He's going to beat her. He's going to put her away. But um, he just comes off that way. And I think it's a great opportunity for Impact to capitalize on the gain some momentum. I mean, they're on a legit network now. They, if they can just. I think this is their chance to take it and try to gain some of that traction back that they had lost over the, you know, over the last year, you know, okay. whatever you want to call it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Prior to this, the highest ranking major title, a woman, men's title, a woman's held is the intercontinental championship, right? 
Yeah, because even if you had said like another women, you know, another world title, I still would have said the Intercontinental was more prestigious than than that. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 a it's a main title. Yeah. In the company. Uh, this will be an experiment. It is a powerful experiment. It is something that. Uh, it's either going to work out great or it's going to drop like a rock. It's going to make Tessa more and more over. Someone who's got the talent. Someone who's clearly uh, the future of women's wrestling. But the problem when you're a, a, a lower tier major like Impact is, all you're doing is getting them ready for the big leagues. You're a double-A team. You put Tessa over this hard, you're going to lose her. I I don't know, man. I think, you know, again, she, she's a she's a third-generation star. I think she gets it, what the opportunity is there for her to be potentially help make this company. Um, I just think, it, like I said, it's got the potential to be something special. Um, and, and we've always talked about it. it's not about matches. It's about, you know, character. It's about gimmick, you whatever. At the end of the day, it's about entertainment and drawing eyes to the product. And that's what I think her being champion is going to be able to do is hopefully draw some eyeballs back to the product. A, yeah. people that have never, never watched Impact. Two, people that have watched it and have stopped watching it because they couldn't find the channel anymore. Well, um, you know, you've got a ton of young wrestling fans nowadays who love the intergender stuff. You've got a ton of wrestling fans nowadays that are women. Okay, you've got a younger wrestling audience. If you're going to do something that appeals to them and draw them into a program they didn't typically watch, it's a good idea. But you can't botch this. You're going to have to do every single thing right. Okay? And it's put in the hands of Sammy Callahan, the guy who wears more tactical gear than Roman Reigns. And I disagree because I think it's in the hands of Tessa Blanchard. I don't underestimate her in the least. I think that she's, I think she's special. Now, unfortunately, I do agree with you that there's going to come a day where she's standing in a WWE ring with Charlotte Flair, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think that day is coming, but she has all the potential in the world to help elevate impact, I think, and give them a lot more attention they've had in a long time. I don't trust Callahan. I don't trust Callahan at all to do this correctly. The last time, um, the last time he worked for MLW, he tore up the arena on his own without, he went off script and did all that stuff, which caused them to, to get in trouble with the venue. I, but I think, I think, I, I still think that times have changed. I think it's, uh, again, I trust Sammy Callahan to be the professional at this point, more so because of what happened in that situation. I okay. think he's learned. We'll see. So. This is something um, that we're just going to have to wait and see on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's okay that we don't we don't agree to everything, right? It's, it happens, yep. and we tell wrestling fans that all the time. If you don't agree, that's okay. Constructively share that opinion. Yes. You can go to social media. We you know at Tapped Out Pod on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Comment in if you're watching the Facebook video. Comment right there, and you know share your thoughts on it as well. Uh, never ever let it be said that we we don't like people who did, who don't agree with us. Disagreements. 
you know, it's it's conversation. It's not a fight. It's a conversation. Roughly subjective. Absolutely. It's like saying I like Star Trek or I like Star Wars. It doesn't mean either one of us are wrong. It's yeah. like, I like Marvel comics. You like DC comics. Well, neither one of us are wrong. We just have different opinions. Absolutely. Um, but, hey, I want, before we get to the Georgia Indy stuff, and it's not going to be a ton, obviously, because of us covering the awards uh, yesterday on the uh, the other show that we did this week. Um, but how about Big Show returning? It's not like a long conversation, but it was good to see the big man back. God, I love that guy. And especially now that he's got so good a shape. Man, uh, it's so good to see. It's an inspiration for me um, to see him getting himself in such good shape, uh, getting his life together. Uh, I've always enjoyed the big show. He's always been, from the day he walked into the, the WCW, a huge attraction. Uh, this will be awesome. I'm glad. Give the man his last run. Thank you, WWE. I'm glad to see this. Hell of an ovation for Raw. Uh, the pop was probably one of the better pops that they had all overall. And uh, I think the lesson to be learned out of here before we move on from it was Big Show is what you said. He's an attraction. He doesn't need to be on every Raw. He doesn't need bring him in on the Rumble. Maybe one or so episodes, you know, you have him on before Mania. If he's in Mania, let him go away for a month or two, two, three, four months, whatever. If you don't have a storyline for Big Show, don't trot him out there for nothing. Just bring him around when you need him and you have something really with some meat on the bone for him. Uh, because I think that reaction he got on Monday proves that he is loved and he can get the reaction. He just needs to be used effectively. So exactly my personal opinion, but what do we know? Um, but Hey, before we go out, let's, you know, there's going to be a little bit of Georgia Indy talk, but this week, you know, we're going to be heading up to uh, our buddies up at Southern Honor Wrestling, who, by the way, cleaned house. And the, uh, the Georgia Wrestling History Awards. Um, make sure, by the way, if you did, cause you know, part one of all of this, if you check out our buddies over at the tipping point, which is the Georgia Wrestling History, one of their podcasts, you can actually get, uh, you know, check them out, listen to the episode. They announced all the winners. We, of course, the next night analyzed everything, kind of a little, went a little more in depth, announced mentor of the year. Um, but like I said, man, Southern Honor cleaned up with Booker, promoter, promotion show. And on and on and on. Seems like they just won everything. It's your year, guys. And it's also next year, this year, 2020. It's your year to lose it. You've got a target on your back. I don't think that's going to bother Gary. But everybody's got to remember the whole state of Georgia's coming for you. Uh, that they are. But they start their campaign for 2020 this Friday up at Canton. Uh, they're going to be up there at 261 Marietta Road at the Action Building for the show. Uh, and, man... Check out a little bit of what you, they got in store for you. Attention wrestling fans, come ring in the new year with Southern Honor Wrestling. Join us for SHW 16, Friday, January 10th at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. This crowd is getting their money's worth tonight. Uh, oh, look at her. Witness the first ever dog collar match in SHW history between Joe Black and William Huckabee. Huckabee and Black, face to face one more time. See the return of Georgia wrestling legend Kyle Matthews as he makes his Southern Honor in-ring debut against David Ali. Kyle Matthews, I still can't believe what we're seeing here in an SHW ring. Newly crowned SHW. 
AEW champion Corey Hollis defends the title against former Impact Wrestling superstar Suicide. Corey Hollis has found a way. And a number one contender's fatal four-way match between Owen Knight, Ashton Starr, AC Mack, and Cam Carter. Plus, Danny Jordan versus Brooklyn Creed. Gunnar Miller versus Sean Legacy. All this and so much more. I can't believe what we're seeing here, folks. Doors open at 7 p.m. Bell time at 8. Tickets start at only $10. Grab yours now at SouthernHonorWrestling.com. SHW, this is our wrestling. Man, how about that again, man? That's Friday night, man. 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock is the uh, doors are going to open up. Get your tickets at SouthernHonorWrestling.com. Uh, and then, of course, if you know Faith, if, if, you, if you can't get them online, there'll be some available at the door. But all those great seats, man, you want to make sure you guaranteed them at SouthernHonorWrestling.com and head on up to Canton Friday night again. I said, doors open at 7, bell time at 8, 261 Marietta Road, Canton, Georgia, Southern Honor Wrestling, man. Kyle Matthews returns to the ring. <laughs> Much anticipated. Uh, Gunnar Miller's got a match. Much anticipated. I'm looking forward to this show. The dog collar match. Okay, let's start there because that one alone, I always tell people that one, the William Huckabee and Joe Black dog collar match, well worth the price of admission all by itself. Yes. I would have I would have dropped ten bucks to see that match, just one match. Yes, yes, I have to agree with that. That's going to be a match that you're going to remember. It's going to be a match that's going to be powerful enough. You know, some matches, especially matches at the start of the year. You don't remember until time for the awards when the awards voting comes up in uh, mid-December. But this match is going to be fresh on everyone's mind. This match is going to be significant. We're going to see a lot of great things happen at that show, and I can't wait. Yeah, the brutality, too. You know, we would like to think that this is, you know, you're finally going to hopefully see the end of this feud of the year from 2019 end. I, I don't know that I would say that. These two, I mean, I don't think this feud ends until somebody's put down for a while. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but overall, man, like I said, Southern Honor Wrestling this weekend. I know there's a few other shows out there. Um, action. Uh, check out Rob, you know, Rob Rod, uh, you know, friend of the show. He's a, by the way, new Patreon member over at patreon.com forward slash tapped out pod. Um, you make sure you want to sign up there. You get a little bit of stuff extra. Uh, for example, we dropped the award show immediately following the tipping point where they announced all the other winners. I dropped it on our Patreon page right after their show was over. Um, actually didn't know they were going to run long. It actually dropped 30 minutes before they ended. Yeah, man. How about a two hour show? Wow. I uh, the thing about that show is it flowed so well. I didn't notice how long it was. I enjoyed every second of that. Um, I We're talking about the Southern Fried show that we went to last weekend. Enjoyed every bit of that. That was a great show. That venue films, and it just looks incredibly well on the tape. Yeah. Looks so good in there. Had a lot of fun at that show. Um, I'm going to try to get to Anarchy on Saturday night, but I have to work on Saturday, so we'll see how, how the knees are. How about this? The fire that everybody came out of in Georgia. I mean, just out of a cannon, yeah. anarchy, Southern fried peach state, you know, 
all just firing on all cylinders coming out of the gate for 2020. And we talked about Southern Honor, you know, running the gauntlet of all of the, the awards. I think this year is going to be the challenge of, like you said, I think they're going to have to be even better to, you know, because everybody else is going to be chasing them. Somebody say something about fired up. Georgia wrestling's fired up. That is for sure. Um, so, hey, enjoy the ride, folks, man. I mean, get out there and see your shows. That's the big one, man. If you see some shows around you, get out there and check them out for sure. So, um, not a whole lot of indie talk because of us doing the show yesterday. Uh, we just wanted to make sure we pointed out a few things there. Um, but, you know, hey. Congratulations, guys. Congrats, congrats to all the winners. Absolutely. The legendary Larry Goodman finally recognized for his contributions to Georgia wrestling. Thank you, Larry. I hate to start a you deserve it chant, but you know, Larry legend. Yes. Um, there were a lot of, uh, people that were recognized this year that probably won't be recognized next year because their careers are going so well. There are a lot of people that have debuted recently or re-debuted after injuries that are going to be into the mix next year. Um, I think there's there's so many people gunning for Southern Honor that you're going to see an improvement in everyone's product across the board. Absolutely. Uh, you can no longer be lazy in Georgia wrestling. You have to keep up. We're going to see resurgence. We're going to see people coming up and back. Promotions getting stronger. And you're going to see people fall by the wayside. It's just the cycle. Every year it's a cycle. For one or two to get better, two or three have to have to go away. And, uh, we got tax return season coming. So, Viva La W2. Yep, W2 promotions will be here soon. Yes. Uh, luckily, they'll be gone by the summer, <laughs> you know, so that'll weed out those. Exactly. But um, can, can get the stink of uh, what was that called? What was that show called? Uh, Super Chopper. Or the hell was the name of that show? I want to say spine bus, but I know it's not them. Stranglehold. Stranglehold. Yeah. Stranglehold. Uh, but like you said, man, because of all the, the the action and everything being so competitive, you got to change. You got to get better. That's kind of what it is. Um, so we also wanted to announce one one change here for us. Um, obviously, everybody's like, well, wait a minute. Why is this episode on Thursday? Uh, well, because we, A, we did the Georgia Indie Show. We wanted to release it like a normal. We, we had been doing it on Wednesday nights. This show we we put into the uh, Thursday slot because going forward, the show will be moved to Thursday nights. We're going to give you an opportunity, a double header on Thursday nights, where you will see the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast and then what used to be the 60-minute Broadway rebranded into a phenomenal chat with Gunner when he airs his at 8 o'clock. So we are going to shoot four hours at what do you think, Myron? Six thirty, seven o'clock. We've been bantering back and forth. You'd be on the safe side. So um, we'll give people time to enjoy the two most attractive men in Georgia wrestling, followed by Gunnar Miller. Exactly. So uh, yeah, so we were kidding about it. We knew we were going to do six thirty. So um, and we did six thirty last night because it was such a long episode. We gave it the call and we thought, you know what? Let's just drop it at six thirty. Um, so going forward, the regular show will be Thursday at six thirty p.m. on Facebook. Um, but guess what, folks? The podcast will still drop at 6 a.m. if you're a podcast listener. So if you're, you know, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. But I want to get the show on Wednesday, man. Do what? I want to get the show on Wednesday. 
If you want the show early, we obviously always tell you our Patreon you know, members at patreon.com forward slash tapped out pod will still get them early. Now even more so early because the show is going to be pushed back. Um, it will be there by Wednesday evening, afternoon, uh, sometimes on Tuesdays, depending on our recording schedule. So you will actually get it early. That was another reason why we moved it to guarantee that our patrons are getting it a little bit early because uh, that's one of the perks of being a member. Um, so definitely sign up at patreon.com forward slash tapped out pod. Uh, well, brother, man, that seems to be, uh, is there anything else you got before we get out of here? Really enjoy doing this today. Um, feeling good. Uh, 2020, I want to, I want to make this our year again. Thanks folks. Well, man, well, what's the old saying, brother? If I've got nothing and you've got nothing, what time is it? It's time to tap out.